0: Welcome to Americana One, this is Ken Paulson, and we are so pleased to have the Mastersons with us today. We uh, have admired their work uh, for close to a decade, and that's, that's some history of the of the duo. It, it's Chris Masterson and Eleanor Whitmore. Good to see you both.
1: Thanks for having us. Yeah.
0: Good to be here. Many of you know the Mastersons from their role in Steve Earl and the Dukes, and if you've been fortunate, you've, you're familiar with their career. On their own, four albums now, right? Yeah, the fourth just came out. Yeah, the brand new one, and uh, this one is called "No Time for Love Songs," and there's a message in there somewhere. What are you saying with "No <laughs> Time for Love Songs"?
1: Well, ironically, it is a love song, um, and that's kind of the heart and soul of the record is to be spreading a little bit more love and kindness um, as uh, we are experiencing some difficulties uh, on this planet, and um, you know the. I think I was listening to um, a song on the radio, and it was about whiskey. And I said, if I if I hear another song about whiskey, I'm going to stab myself. And um, and so that kind of we were well, like, well, and whiskey. I said,
2: well, that sounds a little violent, but I think we can work with this. And that's when we started, you know, with, with at the time when we wrote the song.
0: The Amazon, Amazon was on fire, fire
2: and, and then now we have Australia. But I was there's just a lot going on in the world, whether you think of the political landscape here, whether you think of, of refugees, whether there's just a lot. And um, so it just seems we were like, what do you write about in a record that's coming out in the spring of 2020 an arguably pivotal time for all of us? And it's it didn't seem like we didn't want to write about trains or highways or whiskey. we' we've, we've, we've done, done that. that. <laughs> but uh, we have some other things to talk about. i are sure not writing about whiskey that that you made that crystal
0: clear. <laughs> I, um, I, you know I, I choose to interpret politically and mm-hmm. and uh, if you're able to if you're able to paint the pictures you do on the album and have people believe it's not about Trump and the chaos we have in the United States. That really says you're a terrific writer, because they're hearing things that may or may not be there. Right. Um, well, uh-huh. I mean, I have
1: a hard time even saying his name, and, and I think that there's just a lot of division right now where people are kind of on extreme sides. But when you get down to it, like, we all have, you know, fundamental things that we have in common. We've got more in common than we do different. Um, So I think... um you know, our message is really to kind of, we want to pull the lens back far enough where everybody can relate and everybody can find some something and take away something good from it and um, hopefully just spread a little bit more love and kindness in the world.
0: Here's the title track from the new album, No Time for Love Songs.
2: Life's not fair and just
0: That was no time for love songs by the Mastersons. Brand new record, powerful record. Uh, you got uh, Shooter Jennings on board producing this one. Yeah,
1: we do. Um, we uh, we met Shooter, um, I guess more than a about a decade ago um, uh, in New York, and he was making um, uh, what turned into two albums, uh, Family Man and the Other Life. Um, I think he called Chris first to play guitar. Yeah,
2: he called me out of the blue. Uh, our friend, it, it really came from Neil Casale, Um, but Neil and Shooter had, were, Shooter needed help putting a New York band together. And um, so Jeff Hill, this bass player who's playing in the Dukes with us now, called me and, or no, Shoot, he interfaced Shooter and I. And then um, we talked and talked about the dates and all the stuff. And as we were getting ready to jump off the call, Shooter says, now I just need to find a fiddle player. And I was like, oh, (laughs) hang on. And I passed the phone over to Eleanor. And that started a a friendship and a a collaborative um, relationship. We made two records with him then.
1: We never got to tour either of the records because we started working with Steve Roll um, at that time. And uh, Shooter called us for some stuff over the years, and we just were always on the road and too busy. And then... um, you know about a year ago um a little over a year ago he called us uh to help make the tanya tucker record with uh, brandy carlisle and um and so that's how we kind of reunited and got the idea to have him on this project
0: that uh let's talk about the tanya tucker record for a minute because because it's awesome and, (laughs) and and what is the likelihood that tanya would have uh the, the Grammy-winning album, and we we're 20, so excited. 20. That's a, that's. A, were you surprised when you got
2: into the studio and heard the material? And I started getting songs from Shooter, um, in I guess, uh, you know, the December, you know, a month before, and and the songs were so beautiful. And, and um, Tim Hansroth, you know, one of the, Phil and Tim from Brandy's band, had written a lot of the material, and not really. It, it wasn't like Tanya covering. There are songs, these are songs written about Tanya's life. And they, you know, it was... Re- they were
1: written specifically were for her. They were custom-made
2: songs uh, mm-hmm. for her. And um, so I knew I knew it was going to be great. Um, but there were a lot of question marks on the session. You know, who was doing what? Because Brandy brought the twins. Uh, Shooter brought us. The two
1: of us. I was thinking in my mind, wow, that's a lot of players on this session. and um, But it was amazing. We just got into the studio and everybody just kind of fell into the right role well, we all loaded um, into the
2: sunset sound in los angeles which is a legendary space and uh you know just vibe and history oozes from those walls and those microphones there and so we're already in a great space and we all just we'd get around the piano and we'd learn a song and there were there were no egos everyone just kind of went to the appropriate station and it, that changed from song to song like eleanor didn't play fiddle on the record her primary instrument and it just wasn't uh it wasn't called for, so she was on mandolin and tenor guitar and um, I played more acoustic guitar than I did electric and it was just whatever the song needed and, and we really...
1: Shooter and Brandy did a great job of keeping her voice the centerpiece. The most and, important uh, thing
2: in the
0: room. Yeah. Well, congratulations to both of you. Thank you. You did a great job and, and uh, I uh, I have to tell you I'm a little shaken by uh, not, not the success of it, but you know, while I'm living, so this is a song about in you know if you look at Tanya you, a woman in her uh, in the fall of her career mm-hmm. um, and shes sang before I die let's I welcome your love and respect and affection this is a woman I interviewed when she was 16 well, Wow yeah. so I'm really troubled that I that 16 year old is now singing this and I'm I'm three years older than she is so yeah. Um, anyway, I just I marvel at that record. It's, it's really I, special. Anyway. I'm
1: so happy for her. Um, it's it's done great, and she deserves um, that.
2: And no no real country radio support. This is uh, you know it's um, you know Eleanor and I are both from Texas. I was born in Louisiana, but we grew up in Texas. Um, I always tell people I love Ray Davies and Ray Price equally, <laughs> um, but we know a thing or two about country music, and 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 no no. No offense to any of the other uh, people in the category, but it was really great to see Tanya win. And, and, and a, I felt it was much deserved for her.
0: Ray Davies and Ray Price. Muswell <laughs> Hillbillies must be your heaven sent album. It's, it,
2: huh? it's a, definitely a sweet spot. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, let's, uh, let's pick another song to share with folks. Um, you got a, a song about sort of not checking out when there's this much chaos in society. Uh, and, uh, and that is Eyes Open Wide. What's the background to that?
1: Uh, well, you know, no matter what side of the political spectrum you're on, it's been a little bit difficult to talk about uh, some of these subjects with our loved ones. And, um, you know, I think instead of just ignoring what's going on, that we really just need to kind of open our eyes and talk to each other. So that's kind of what the song is about.
0: Here's Eyes Open Wide from the brand new Masterson's album, No Time for Love Songs. Open wide, a song about being president and present and yeah, not president. <laughs> <laughs> if, you, if you guys were president, we wouldn't have to have this conversation at all. Uh, eyes open wide for the new record. So, I know that. Uh, well, you mentioned you're from Texas, so I can only imagine the tension in your extended family. Do you tell them about this record or do you, do you send it to them? Uh,
1: oh. Definitely. Um... You know, my, it's, it's interesting, um, my own parents uh, used to be more on the right, um, especially fiscally so, and over the years, um, you know, in their 70s, they have changed their uh, ideas about what they think, and I was really surprised in the last election how they voted, and, um, you know, it's it's pretty cool to see that they're not locked into their views at that age and still have an open heart and an open mind. Um, we've definitely gotten into a lot of conversations with Chris's mom, um, and, but I think, you know, she, I think the song, she's proud of us, and she, uh, she likes our music, and, um, you know, she's a good litmus test, I guess.
2: It also um, comes down to, you know, there's a saying, would you rather be right, or would you rather have friends? <laughs> and, um, you know, when we get into these arguments with people, it, it's, it's almost, it's a new phenomenon, in a way, you know, that came with, um you know, social media where people get online and type things into a computer that you would never say if you were looking into some someone in the eye. Right. And, you know, people, you know, we yeah, we both grew up in the South, but people used to go vote. They'd go behind a the curtain, they'd vote, and they would come out, and they'd still be a son or a daughter or a sister or a brother and a part of their community. And now we have people, we all sit there and we draw these lines in the sand and we share articles that resonate with our beliefs, you know, clicktivism. And it's... There's an
1: extreme polarization that has um happened over the past couple of decades and you know, you see it in Washington with, you know, people not working across the aisle
2: on um, both sides. On
1: both sides. And and, you know, they're kind of we've been pitted against each other and and I I still really believe that we all just we want clean air, we want clean water and a home and a good job and health care and you know, (laughs) if we could just agree on how to get there. Um I hope we can figure this out. I, I do think uh, I believe uh, in positivity, and that um, there's a lot of possibility in what we can do as humans on this planet.
0: Yeah, your comments uh, evoke a conversation I had uh, just last night with somebody at a show. We were killing time waiting for the band to come up, and he was from Kentucky. And I just jokingly said, Can you explain the politics of Kentucky to me? You know, uh, and and he, he he basically said, I'm a conservative Republican and i hate trump right, right. and then what well, you just said about the environment about uh <clears throat> fiscal responsibility i said Here, here's what i believe and i said do you disagree with any of those things and he said no, no. i don't disagree with any of those yeah. i said uh, you may not be a republican <laughs>
2: you, may, <laughs> you may want to think through this right yeah. i mean i caught a guy in the airport it was it was it was really funny because it was right as we were heading home to los angeles to to make the record the day before and uh I was standing there waiting on Eleanor and her sister, Bonnie Whitmore, who's also very talented, Um, but I had this Chuck Prophet record hanging out of my laptop bag, because I just sat in with him in San Francisco, and it was the Let Freedom Ring record that he made with Alejandro Escovedo, and I'm looking around, twiddling my thumbs, and I hear this Southern voice go, Chuck Prophet, who's that? (laughs) And I I turn around, I'm like, you know songwriter green on red you know i mean I've, i might as well have been speaking some other language and then he, he sees the title let let freedom ring is he a patriot <laughs> and i and i just was kind of stunned a little bit i was like uh, maybe <laughs> and and then he said well is he on the right or the left and and i just and i found i had this calm washed over me and i just said well since when does being on the right or the left decide whether you love your country or not and
1: kind of stopped and, him in his tracks.
2: Yeah, he stopped, and then he said, "Well, some people are too far one way or the other. I'm, I'm in the middle." And I, and I, you know, and I said, "Cool. You know, where are you from?" And he said, "It's, you know, Meridian," and he was going to Seattle, and we talked about the weather a little bit. And I don't think I changed how that guy's going to go vote, but I, I did give him pause, and we had a nice conversation. Good for you. And um, if we can just. I'll do a little more of that. And, th- and that, that's all of our, that's not all of us.
0: I was struck by, uh, actually it's in your press materials, um, uh, talking about an album for a morally compromised era. And yeah. I think that's probably the challenge we have. The reason it's not just polarization anymore is that, um, and I'm sure it comes from both sides, but, yeah. but this president is... Uh, is different from every president before. Yeah,
1: well... And,
0: and, and the people who I talk to who don't like President Trump inevitably are talking about morality. They're not talking about policy. There hasn't been that much policy done. It's yeah. no. My
1: biggest problem is just the way that he speaks and treats people and, and acts. And I think that it's just... That's a really bad example for everybody. And now every, it's like everybody's just got It almost
2: ushers in an ethos that becomes commonplace now. it's right. It's okay to... Hurl insults at someone that believes different with you, and that's not okay. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I would have been spanked as a child if I did a lot of the stuff that he does. And,
0: but the problem is, if you're not objecting to politics and you're objecting to character and lack of morality, then you judge, and I think rightly so, the people who think he's the best thing ever, because this is about values, it's not about specific policies. But or see, I'm I think not
1: to judge. Um, his followers because um i think that they're probably just as frustrated and feeling left out of the system um and i try not to fault them for that but i there were some people
2: that voted for him that just really wanted a change there were some bernie or bust people that voted for him which Um, is strange
0: to me i can't
2: fathom it but (laughs) but i'm not i don't want to be mean to them that's not my place because then that's when we just sort of you know then we become those that snowflake character that they talk about, and I'm not—that's not who I am. Like, I, I would love to talk to someone that, you know.
0: That, that's a very healthy mindset. I just—I mean, I've been around for—I don't know—about nine elections, and I've never seen it—it it take on such a personal tone, where it's not just—you know—people may not have liked the Ronald Reagan or loved Ronald Reagan, but n- no one thought he was a horrible human
2: being voting used to be a more intimate thing though like i said behind a curtain now we all will go do our thing and then we make these declarations online you know and whether it's sharing articles that you know square up with our beliefs but the thing that and that we didn't used to have that voting used to be private you'd you know you you a lot of times people you go out in public and Mm -hmm. you wouldn't talk about politics or religion and now we all we do it online and and i don't think in humility is difficult for all of us And I think there's people that voted for him that probably at the end of the day don't really think he's a swell guy and don't care, you know.
1: Well, there has also been. But
2: but we don't necessarily have the humility to get online and go, you know what? I was really wrong and I apologize. Well,
1: there's also been an erosion of truth, and I think that like we really just need to you know do some homework and not just read some article. Like check the date, check the source, and like I just want to get back to uh some kind of factual conversation <laughs> instead of um crazy town <laughs> yeah.
0: that's what this show is all about we just deal in facts here I never, I <laughs> yeah. your album is not just about uh the crazy times we live in uh there's some loss on the record as well mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm talking about the silver lining could you share some thoughts about that
2: yeah for silver line um you know, we, uh, at, as we made our third record, well, I mean, it kind of goes back before that. When the second record came out, my dad died. And, you know, when you're a self-employed musician, you kind of just keep, you go, go, go. And um, there's not a lot of time to stop and grieve. And, grieve. Um, and then we made our third record, and um, our bass player that played on the first three, and he co-produced that with... Uh, us as george reef and he passed away he was getting
1: sick um when we were making the last record and then passed away and um so there's a few different songs on the album about loss but uh the silver line in particular is um for our friend uh, george reef and um just kind of thinking about i don't know when you talk about heaven or you think about seeing somebody on the other side it's a really intangible thing that you can't quite touch um and uh but it you know you look up at the clouds and the silver lining and you think maybe um, maybe that's where we can cross over and see them so that's kind of what this song is about.
2: And then as you know as the record was completed we lost um, our bass player and Steve's, Steve Earle's band uh, Kelly Looney um, so we
1: dedicated it, the record to both of them
2: and then there was a, I'll, finally there was a song um, for uh, a, a great friend of ours and I a brother Chris Porter who passed away um, Shortly after the third record came out, and what ties everything together was those all those people were such close friends of ours that there were people that we would love to Talk when about something it. crazy in the news happens. Those would be like the first three guys we'd probably text and did you see this or did you you know, and so um, you know that was um, we we miss them very much and I, I think that, you know by sort of cataloging that loss it makes you grateful for what the moment we have now and uh. here's the silver line
0: new song from No Time for Love songs from the Mastersons. Is a, is the beginning of every new album like a new adventure? Is there Or is there just a continuity where we like the last one a lot, let's make it 12% better?
1: Uh, it's definitely a new adventure. Um, I don't know, you kind of have a tendency to orphan your other records. You're pretty excited about the new songs and having something new to play for people, and um, that's kind of what we're focused on talking about, I guess, is the new record.
2: But um yeah I think you tend to like um like she said you orphan it I mean you tend to go you know uh, like good luck charm was a really sort of loud and jangly record so the next for transient lullaby we said we're going to play quieter and make the microphones come to us and um I did I do think you know we got a glimpse of or a reminder of how cool Shooter is as a producer at the start of the year on Tanya so that I think we did know a little bit going in um But we had such a cool band, Uh, this uh, Eleanor's sister Bonnie Whitmore played bass and sang, Um, Mark Stepro, who's worked with us before played drums, and and this guy Tyler Chester who's just amazing on keys and bass, plus Shooter at the piano, so it was, it it exceeded our expectations. Well we're uh,
0: quickly running out of time and I want to make sure people hear as much of this album as possible. Uh, and, and I think uh, maybe So Impossible, would that be the best track to close with? I think so. Sure.
2: It was actually a first take.
0: Oh, wow. <laughs> and uh, is there a background to it?
1: Uh, well, <laughs> it's basically a letter uh, to our country uh, in these difficult times. Um, but it could also be uh, about a difficult relationship. Um, so if uh, that makes you feel more comfortable, then you can think about
0: that. <laughs> so Impossible from the Mastersons. So good to see you both. Thank you for having us. Thanks for having us. Thank you for being on Americana One. This is Ken Paulson. Please join us again next week. Our thanks to Erica Nalo for her always sterling production and to Dave Paulson for writing the theme music. This is Americana One.